And, and I think it's really important that aspiring leaders understand the business. Being good at engineering or architecture or environmental consulting, those are all very, obviously very important for the business to grow and thrive. But, but understanding the business is what ultimately allows you to create the opportunity and for it to have longevity. Excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality. These are the values the Sam and Walton College of Business explores in education, business, and the lives of people we meet every day. I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College, and welcome to the Be Epic podcast. I have with me today Chad Kleinhens, President and CEO of Zweig Group. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chad. Uh, thank you, Matt. It's an honor and privilege to be here. Well, Chad, you I want to start with you, and then we'll talk about Zweig Group. But you started here uh, at the university studying civil engineering. You got your bachelor's degree in civil engineering. And then you went and got your MBA here. But during the time that you were getting your MBA, at least, you were already a civil engineer with a civil engineering firm here in town. And, and then you went to Garver and Little Rock, and really, you were there for 13 years. Would you tell us just a little bit about Garver and what you did there? Yeah, so Garver was really the mark of my, uh, the beginning of my engineering career. I, I, I did intern at a firm here in Fayetteville, and actually it was that experience uh, and a civil engineer who worked there who also got his MBA here that helped inspire me to go straight through. And But once I had the, the MBA, I was able to go full-time into starting, I would say, the residency, which is similar to, a, uh, I would say, something a doctor does. There's four years to get a professional engineer's license, which is very important uh, in consulting engineering. So I, I moved to Little Rock after graduating the Walton College, started my career with Garver, and almost immediately wanted to put my MBA to work and got frustrated because it was difficult to do, but, but realized that as an engineer, you have to really uh, build your practice, learn how the business works, how clients purchase services. And, and so I was in what I would say full-time design work for probably about three years, then uh, spent some time over in the Tulsa office and transferred over there. Uh, to work with that team. And just as soon as I could, and I pushed pretty hard, once I got my professional engineer's license, I was able to get into business development. And uh, that was really just, at the time, cold calling new or potential clients uh, for Garver. And that is what got my foot into the door, in the door of the, what I would say, the business side of the, of the business. And, you know, typically in engineering firms, and we see this a lot at, at Zwei Group, or what we say AEC firms, which is architecture, engineering, construction, or consulting, that, that industry, is that, you know, they're run by people who have degrees in the profession or the, the type of service they're delivering. And so the business side is a small part of the business. And you don't really get there until you've been around for a really long time and have a lot of experience. But as I said, my, my interest in getting on the business side really guided my career. And so 
I moved into business development and then ultimately marketing strategy. And it was just something that I had a really developed, I would say, a love for. And the CEO at the time of Garver, Brock Johnson, uh, could see that passion, that, that drive in me. So relocated me to the corporate office of Little Rock in 2006, and I took over chief marketing officer position, and then ultimately the chief strategy officer position. And it was that time period in 2006 to 2013 where we launched our first, what I would say, really significant strategic plan for the company. And that was transformational for the growth. And I led a rebranding and restructuring of the organization and several other of the, I would say, the key initiatives that really, I would say, created the change there that, that ultimately led them at the time, uh, 200 staff members that they had grown over 86 years. Uh, and now, uh, since 2006, they're now up to 1,200, I believe, plus employees. And it's the power of a strategic plan which is what ultimately led me to join Zwei Group and is something now I do on a daily basis. And in fact, uh, recently last year started teaching strategic management here at the Walton College as part of being able to put what we see and how we help firms into practice and then sharing that with students is kind of bringing the content alive. I want to talk about Zwei Group as well. Um, you're president and CEO and have been for almost seven years. But before we do, you mentioned strategic planning. And I've been around strategic planning a lot in my life. I've seen it work well. I've seen it not work well. Um, what I mean by that is um, sometimes, you know, strategic planning is viewed as a task that you accomplish and then you move on to the next thing. You know, some people, because they've experienced that, become cynical about it. But good strategic planning can make a huge difference. Would you mind speaking to it a little bit? Oh, absolutely. You, you, you have to hope that, that your clients haven't seen the stat that 70% of strategic plans are, are, are viewed as a failure. A, and I think the reason behind that is because so many leaders look at it as a check-the-box activity, especially in this space where professional services, there's not the understanding and I'm not sure if respect is the right, right word, but, but really understanding of the business and how important and transformational a strategic plan can be. So, so they go to some conference and they hear you need to have a strategic plan and so they hire somebody or, or they attempt to step themselves through it and then get frustrated because when they go back to work, many of them go back to work designing infrastructure, designing homes, working on a, you know, a construction project and, and because they are working in the business versus on it. And then we talked about that a lot. Last week we had, we hosted a CEO roundtable in Napa Valley. So we had CEOs from all over the country gathered there. And we talked a lot about working in the business versus working on it. And, and events like that where you get together and talk about the business, you're working on it. And it's important. It's an important aspect. At Zwei Group, I would say that we are wildly successful in strategic planning because we do emphasize the importance of implementation. And actually, I would say our plans are fairly simple in that they're clear. There's not too many objectives. They're rooted in what we say is data and stories. So real data, we've gathered 
what their clients are doing, what their employees are thinking, and how they're feeling, and we look at their financials, we look at every aspect of the organization, and we put that together with, and the story side is case studies. What have we seen work in this industry? What doesn't work in this industry? We are not reading the latest management fad book, you know, on strategic planning and using buzzwords. We are really focused on, again, the case studies, the things that work, and helping firms design a plan that they can actually go out and execute. You know, in my experience with strategic planning, I've seen them that where they've been so complicated and so many pages, it was hard to get your head around. But I've also seen strategic plans where there's nothing strategic about it. It's a plan. It's a plan for the future, but it's not strategic. Right. How do you get clients to differentiate um, between those? So for us, we really talk a lot about the importance of growth and the importance of building value in the company. And so really tying it to something that everybody benefits from and and what every what does every business need to do it needs to grow and and so especially in this industry and especially right now where it is the busiest i think if you pulled anybody and we do on a daily basis it's the busiest it's ever been in history and at least going as far back as as we've been doing research and before us there wasn't really a lot of research being done on the end is that true across all three architecture Engineering and construction? I would say so. It, engineering is especially, I would almost say, overheated right now. The, the demand for especially infrastructure, some of that's being driven by the government and then also what's coming down uh, the, the pipeline with the Infrastructure Jobs Act, which we see hitting later this year. So already demand is unprecedented. We've got work weeks that are longer than they've ever been. Then you go to your organization with a strategic plan and say, we want to grow this thing faster than we've been growing. And, and to the average employee, that means more work. But what we say is growth solves problems. And growth creates the opportunity, gives you the resources to hire people to actually, again, solving those problems, but, but bringing the resource to relieve the areas that are, that are overheated or give the project manager that's overworked uh, the resources he or she needs to to have a better balance in their life. Growth does solve problems, no question. A lot of times um, people, adma managers, administrators, want the resources before the growth because they see the need, they want to prepare. Right. How do you integrate that into the overall process, those, those trade-offs like that? We talk a lot about return on investment and that there are certain things you have to prioritize initially. Almost that, how do we create the spark? How do we, where do we deploy resources initially that then can, can start producing returns? We say easy wins, you know, base hits, whatever we can do to really jumpstart the growth. And then people can see it. And, you know, I'll say one thing that's really important about the plans we put together and it goes back to my days at Garver, is that strategic plans are largely a marketing campaign. You know, it's going to the company and saying, here's who we want to be in the future. 
and here's why that's exciting and here's your role in that and so when i say our plans are simple it's they're not the the 100 page book that i think a lot of leaders think they're going to get this top secret manual that they put in the safe behind the painting behind their desk you know kind of hide it from everybody whereas our plans are actually a presentation that's built that we then deliver that it is designed to be shared with the entire company and we say when you launch this have a big party have a champagne toast send gifts to the all the employees do do something to create a party atmosphere and say this is a celebration we're going to do something amazing together and this is what that looks like and and the most successful firms that we work with get that and and they really integrate it into their business their day and it's not something that sits on the shelf it's something that they can talk about in every meeting they can talk about in employee reviews and every individual has a role we say in driving growth of the organization every single person how did you become interested and knowledgeable about strategic planning you're i know you have when you were at garver you did a lot of strategic planning for them and you were the chief strategy officer but you have there's lots of nuance to it like your idea of having a a party making sure everyone knows they're engaged in the strategic plan and in executing the strategic plan that's a lot of nuance, uh, and I've heard you talk about it before. How did you learn all of this? That's a good question. It, for me, in my career, the intersection of marketing, marketing strategy, and just strategy of the company is so, it's amazing how intertwined it is. And, and so it was kind of a natural path. I just, business development which was me going out and meeting new clients and trying to secure contracts and the excitement of we 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 got a new client in fact early on in my career we set a goal in our small regional office in Tulsa to win five new clients that year well we won eight and I and I realized then that you know the strategic plan the the idea that we're going to grow this office wrapped around a marketing campaign is very effective and so then when I got into more of the marketing strategy it just happened to intersect that following year with our visionary leader Brock Johnson his desire to really change the course of the company and and been in business at that time I believe 86 years and straight line growth great company did good work for their clients but it was let's turn this into a growing organization let's do a strategic plan and we just kind of figured it out but but one thing me pushing really hard on the campaign behind it which we called it mission possible (laughs) was the catchy phrase and and I credit Brock Johnson for coming up with that but but talking about mission possible for five years it was a we're going to double the size of the company in five years. Interestingly, launched in 2006. Well, what happened in 2008? A recession that really affected significantly, I would say, the industry as a whole, but but especially the private sector. Our company was not as affected. We did have some private, uh, I would say, business lines, but we really quickly sent those folks that were in that in those business lines to learn some new skills to where we could reorient them around some sectors that did have money. And I think it was the strategic plan, the fact that we were so committed to growth that is why we were so quick to say, well, hey, let's not lay off these 
these two teams of people. Engineers are hard to find. Let's find something for them to do and invest in them. So um, you clearly have a passion for strategic planning. Um, you've seen it work when you I remember the first time we had lunch together, you told me the story about your work at Garver and the strategic planning. And so you've been doing this for a long time. I can tell um, in multiple conversations with you that you are a true believer in strategic planning. And um, what are some of the most important variables you think exist in having a successful strategic plan, but also what are some of the biggest hindrances to it? So I would say one of the most important things is for leaders to be able to confront the things that are holding them back. So, so the strategic planning process is very, well, like I said, data research oriented. You know, we our processes last five, six months maybe. Uh, for some of the more involved plans, uh, we can do them sometimes quicker. But, but that process is so much of that is research, getting to know the company, and really digging deep and finding out what what are the things that make this company special. What are the things that holds them back? Uh, we talk about the SWOT analysis, and and we do that, and and we talk about that in in our strategic management class up here at the university too. It, it's very important that the SWOT analysis, understanding the strengths weaknesses, opportunities, and threats is critical. So the, the leader being able to then, I would say, do the hard things, and there often are some hard things you have to do to create that change, to affect that change, and, and then also be willing to put the right people on the team. You can't have everybody in the room. You, you as a leader, you've got to pick, and we recommend, you know, five, eight, hopefully no more than 10. Sometimes the group's a little bit bigger than that. But people that you can get together that when everybody walks out of that room, even though they may not be equally excited about every aspect of the plan, or maybe not even agree with every aspect, but, but chosen to be a part of that team, that they walk out being ambassadors of the plan. They can sell it to anybody in the company, and the company can see that they believe in it. And that's what we say is the price of admission to the strategic planning uh, war room. Having, have, I've taught at you know, all different levels, undergrad, grad, and all different levels of grad. One of the things I've noticed, of course my area is supply chain management, and there's a component of strategic planning and supply chain management, but I've noticed undergraduates many times struggle with this especially, but our executive MBA students, which have on average 13 years of experience before they get in the program, they're all over it. How do you get undergraduate students to see the importance of this? That's a great question. And, and one of the reasons that I really enjoy teaching this class, it, it, it was the first class I was invited to teach and happened to be an incredible fit for what we do, but I, I tell the students, I say, listen, what we're gonna talk about, you're gonna read case studies, and, and a lot of this stuff is gonna feel like it's focused on like the executive level, and you're thinking, oh, this will be relevant to me when I'm 20 years in. I said, but think about what this is. This is strategic management of your life. 
and you can employ these fundamentals immediately gathering information on the environment deciding what you want to do setting a growth goal whether that's your net worth or you know how you want to grow your career thinking about the money side of it or the position side of it and really managing your life strategically and so these things that we're going to learn here are immediately applicable and also just understanding how any company or business you get in works is a powerful perspective and and don't segment this knowledge off you know as okay well this is great and and maybe someday i'll be a part of a strategic planning team it's so powerful for you today to think about it beyond just the context of a career but your life let's talk about zweig group a little bit tell us a little bit about zweig group what makes zweig group notable well i i would say that we're one of the first companies that does what we do in this industry and started by mark zweig uh, now 35 years ago in boston and it's interesting if you look at where companies are located that do this kind of thing there's many of them are in boston and, and you can look at at many companies that were formed out of former Zweig group employees but but what really makes Zweig group unique is that wide of a perspective 35 years and so mark zweig built his career working with thousands of companies and the stories that mark zweig tells then I'm able to adopt and the stories that I have from Garver and from other companies that I've worked with here at Zwei Group others are able to adopt and so those those stories are case studies and you can see well okay maybe something that did work in 97 doesn't work in in you know 2023 or it might right, right? something that I would say also makes us unique is that we are data researchers and analysts and, and so we've got this 35 years of data and we've seen how it changes and we know what's going on in the industry real time. And, and we use that to drive our content. We're not just trying to make stuff up or getting people excited and making up new buzzwords. Many times people don't know about it um, unless they're in the uh, industry itself. Right. Um, although Mark's name is uh, widely known, he's... He's a good marketer, too. Yeah, indeed. I know you, you also do a lot of other things beyond strategic planning. You all are engaged in um, mergers and acquisitions and um, all kinds of consulting. Tell us a little bit about how uh, M&A works in the AEC industry, and is there a lot of activity currently in that area? It, it is a red-hot area right now of the business of the industry uh, private equity has really come into the industry very strongly in the last several years that's really changed the game and and so consolidation is is happening there there's also you know when you look at transition of a company you a founder starts a company then they get close to retirement they either have to have people to inside the company that can buy him or her out or, or some group of, of leaders or, or they've got to find some other way to transition it and so so 
their leaders that have waited too late, which is it's very common. You know, you've got to be thinking what you're going to do with your business 10, a minimum of 10 years out. But but we get calls from leaders and they say, hey, I'm thinking about transitioning out in five years. What do I need to do? We're like, well, we got to get to work real quickly. Chad, tell us a little bit about which areas of the business you focus on and really what is the core of your business? Well, that's a great question. Uh, The short answer is we focus on all of the areas of the business. So every aspect. Uh, We talked about ownership transition. We can go in and help build recruiting programs. We can help a company buy other companies or sell their company. Of course, we've talked a lot about strategic planning. We can help them rebrand their company. So every single aspect of the business. But but what's interesting about that, and and it's neat to, to be able to do that and to be that kind of a resource for the industry, it also presents a challenge for us. There's so much that we focus on, right? And and so we, to get good at those areas, we just make sure we've got good leadership and they really have some autonomy in almost building a mini business inside our business. And so the ability to connect to people and find those experts out in the industry that can then come and present what we would say is a practical and applicable approach to these things when there's a lot of misinformation is a neat thing to to be able to do but it's also not easy (laughs) you know us figuring out okay where should we be on this particular topic and and then you know deciding all of the sudden that this that wasn't in our strategic plan we didn't start necessarily this year saying hey ai is going to be a super hot topic that all of a sudden in may is just going to like light the industry up that's essentially what's been happening and and there's been others that have been looking at this earlier than that but it really has become a hot topic and so for us to be able to then uh, add that part into our uh, what i would say our cadre of expertise is, is a neat thing but also presents a challenge chad you have a lot of experience here at the university both as a student two-time student, two-time alum, your name's on the sidewalk twice, Uh, you're teaching here, you've worked in the area. What advice would you want on a billboard? If all the students could see this billboard every day walking around campus, what would you have on the billboard? What I would say is the the answer is that I, I, of course, love my profession of engineering, but the intersection of that and business and the arts and all of the different colleges that we have here on campus, I think students have got to understand you don't just get a business degree and just go to business, and you don't just get an engineering degree and just do engineering. That the intersection of arts and business and engineering and all of the different things that you can learn up here on campus have an application to your life and to to really find something that you will enjoy doing and then realize that you're not limiting yourself. But I think we do need to promote more what we do, all of us, you know, what a career looks like in whatever it is. And of course, I'm a huge 
believer and, and proponent of STEM and, uh, and the professions that are related to engineering because the world needs that. But just as much, we need the business executives, we need the artists, we need everybody else that helps kind of make this world go round. Chad, we've talked about all kinds of things regarding your background and Zweig Group, including strategic planning. So I'm really interested, what is the mission of Zweig Group? The, the mission of Zweig Group is simply to elevate the industry. And if you go back to the founding of, of Zweig Group by Mark Zweig, it was to bring business acumen and to help AEC firms grow, understand the business, uh, drive performance, create opportunity. And in 2018, we rolled out what I would say is a refined version of that to simply elevate the industry. And we used the quote from John F. Kennedy, a rising tide lifts all ships. So every company we can help maybe drive greater growth, drive greater profits, create more resources for their people so they live better lives. That then is a part of that rising tide. So every company that we can impact, because there's multiple aspects of, of why we need to elevate the industry. We need more kids to be interested in what a career is uh, and can be in this industry. We need the rest of the public to understand the impact that architects, engineers, the construction industry has on the world around them. And so all of that led to this, this big idea, I call it, of elevate the industry. And it's been something that really people have gotten around. Our clients like it. They, they like the simplicity of it. They like the rallying cry behind elevate the industry. And especially when they're really trying to find how can they, they get more staff and, and knowing that we need to inspire the younger generation to, to choose a career here. That is something that I think is going to be timeless for us. And we, we talk about missions being somewhat timeless for companies. You know, the vision changes along the way, but the mission is timeless. And so Elevate the Industry is, a, is an exciting, for me and the rest of our company, a, a way to bring us together and get us to understand and get excited about we're making a big impact here. And we're elevating individuals firms, and then ultimately the industry. Chad, thank you so much for taking time to visit with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. On behalf of the Sam M. Walton College of Business, I want to thank everyone for spending time with us for another engaging conversation. You can subscribe by going to your favorite podcast service and searching Be Epic, B-E-E-P-I-C. B-E-E-P-I-C.